Hey everyone, we're so excited to tell you about our new membership. We're creating exclusive After Dark episodes, monthly live Q&A and discussion calls, and even some exclusive merch. See all the benefits and tiers at patreon.com slash glampolyam. I just have made that mistake. Yeah, I think all of us have made this mistake probably (laughs) at one point or another. I feel like I see a lot on the subreddits and on the Facebook groups, polyamorous people being like, starting to date this monogamous person and things are not going well. (laughs) (laughs) This is Glamorous and Polyamorous. A show about exploring polyamory and other forms of non-monogamy after religion. I'm Kelly Smith. And I'm Zavi Benjamin. I, I'm really excited about this episode because I think it's really important to talk about the amazing things about polyamory, but I also feel like it's just as important to talk about the mistakes, the things that don't go all that well. Yeah. And how difficult I think being polyamorous and non-monogamous can be. You know? Yeah, because it's totally different for from us what we're used to. So I feel like it's a whole new ball game, I feel like for both of yeah. us. So we're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things differently. But I mean, people make mistakes in monogamy as well. So I feel like yeah, whatever style you choose, it's going to there's stuff that's going to happen because people make mistakes. Yeah. And, and I the thing that I also come back to a lot of times is that there are no societal scripts for what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. I'll, being non-monogamous, being polyamorous is relatively a new concept, I think, for a lot of our society because monogamy has been so ingrained by colonialism and things like that. And so uh, religion. And so I, I thought it was important for us to like talk a little bit about the mistakes that we've individually made and what things we've learned from mm-hmm. those mistakes. And hopefully it'll be helpful for all of you out there listening <laughs> right. or watching, you know, uh, it, hopefully that'll be helpful and and kind of point out, oh, maybe that's one of the things I was planning on doing or I don't no, know. I shouldn't do. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah. Hopefully it will help. Yeah. So do you want to start with your first mistake? Sure. I think the first mistake that I feel like was something that we both made was yeah. making rules at the beginning. Wait, wait, wait. That that wasn't the that wasn't the rules of this. Like you're you're not supposed to implicate me in this mistake. You agreed to them. <laughs> okay. And I feel like there's a lot of rules that we had in place yeah. that we shouldn't have because not okay. everyone knew about them. Yeah. Or was it hadn't come to the table and made those agreements with us. But also it was just something that we had made between ourselves. I mean, do you want to give some examples of that? One of the examples that we used to have as a rule was I would always want to be out of the apartment if you ever had somebody over. Mm -hmm. And that was just like a rule that we had. But I think that was due to the space that we had. And I think that something that that has evolved since then, because now we have our own space. So we have places to go to. And before we were in an apartment and we was kind of cramped. There was no really nowhere to go. <laughs> so yeah. I always felt like I was encroaching on other people's time if I was there. But it's like, I'm just living in my house. I don't know where to, where else to go. So I always had a rule like, oh, if let me know if you're going to have somebody over because I'll go do something and be out of the house. And I feel like that doesn't really apply now. And we also used to have to, I would always say, okay, if anyone was in the bed, we would, I would, we would have to automatically change the sheets afterwards before i even got back if anyone was in the bed if we had had sex i feel like that was more the rule 
Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't. I, I think it's important it to be specific about what the rules are because oh. again, like I know that it might be kind of embarrassing to share some of these things, but it's important I think to share with people the as embarrassing as the mistakes might be yeah. because you know, ultimately I my my purpose in all of this is wanting to share and hopefully help people that are in a similar situation from mm-hmm. us, you know? Yeah. Um so yeah, the, there was definitely the changing of the sheets, there was you being out of the apartment. Uh what else? Those were the only ones that I had oh, okay. <laughs> that I could think of. Okay. I mean, we didn't really have like rules that like I, I'm trying to think because I feel like it has changed and we're like, okay, we shouldn't set rules. We came to that realization pretty quickly. Like, okay, yeah. this is not going to always work. Yeah. Like, um, it's kind of like just as we go. But I feel like it's definitely not a good idea to set rules <clears throat> when the other person that doesn't even know them or set it before they happen because you don't know what's going to happen and be more flexible. That's okay. what I would right. feel like. So, so, uh, I guess the example that I'm thinking of as you say that is, for example, some I've heard some couples or or some people that are polyamorous have a rule that you need to inform the other person before you have sex with another partner or with someone um, else. Yeah. Right. And I've seen how that can sometimes be a restrictive rule because you end up going out on a date. Things go well. You want to take that wherever it organically goes, but now it kind of feels like you got to call and ask for <laughs> That's permission. True. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, I can see that. That's what I'm saying. Like, like that rule, I don't feel like makes sense. As some of the rules that we have too, like being outside of the apartment. I mean, do you feel like we would have made that rule if we truly had had our own spaces? I feel like I don't to know. start, I think yes. I yeah. think the, the answer would have still been yes. Yeah, I think so. I feel like it was, yeah, I think I think we would have. But then it just kind of got easier as time went on. The reason why I asked that is because I feel like that's something that I kind of wanted to say about all of these rules is that they ultimately are kind of a sign of your own insecurity, of mm-hmm. things that you might need to deal with, right? Yeah. Because you you create the rule in an effort to try to save yourself from the thing that you're scared of, the thing yeah. that you think might cause you pain. Yeah. Right. And in the end, I think it makes more sense to feel, feel the feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's what a lot of the rules were. Were It was just to mask something that you were feeling. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to set this rule so that I don't feel that way. But yeah, I think it's best to just go ahead and feel it. And, and you know, I mean, certain rules, I think maybe, okay, if you guys have that agreement, that's what you guys came to. But I feel like for us, I think it just became evident that they were no longer applicable. Like we didn't need to have those rules. Right. And we shouldn't have made, and some of them we shouldn't have probably made in the first place. (laughs) What do you feel like you learned from this rule and from getting rid of it? I think I learned that you can't account for every situation that's going to come up or how you're going to feel about it. So it's best to just you know, feel how you feel and then see if afterwards, okay, why did I make that rule? Maybe question it and be like, okay, what was the whole point of that rule? If See if it actually does apply for you or not. I think I learned a lot about like how I was feeling about things at the beginning. And then I think once I realized how I was feeling, it was, I talked to you about it and then I felt better. 
So I think it was just things that I needed to talk through to see why I made that rule in the first place, why I wanted that rule in the first place. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next mistake. This one is mine. So my mistake was kind of forcing a relationship between my partners. My first kind of girlfriend, I noticed that she didn't really get along with you. Uh-huh. And ra- I think, you know, again, this is why I go back to the fact that these rules are things that make you uncomfortable. Because while it was happening, I it made me uncomfortable. Because mm. I think it's because it was my first polyamorous relationship that I had feelings of like, am I allowed to date this person if they're not friends with my other partner? You mm. know, if they yeah. don't get along with my other partner. I think also it was a time where you and I were also uh, a lot more codependent than we are now. Yeah. And so I felt this need to kind of include you always in things Uh you know Uh and I think that that has also changed over time that over time I've realized that like no these relationships exist in a container almost where I you know it's a it's a completely different relationship to the relationship that you and I have right and so I need to make sure that that relationship is good if there are opportunities for us to hang out all together or do an activity together. That's that's cool. But it doesn't have to be something that is forced. And not not every partner is going to want to be friends with right. your other partners. It's just the reality yeah. of the situation. Yeah. So I think that this was like a big lesson for me. Yeah. I think I experienced that too because I feel like I had partners that, I wanted you to meet and you wanted to meet them and you wanted to get along and like be friends with them. But then I would invite them over. You'd meet them, but it just like wasn't clicking. No one, it yep. wasn't, it was just not there. It was not going to happen. Right. And again, like forcing that is not a good idea because it's like trying to, you know, make two people like each other. It's like, sometimes it just doesn't work out. It's not going to happen. And it feels it, awkward. Yeah, it feels awkward. Um, and so it's like, well, I like to practice kitchen table polyamory where everyone does get along and is, is friends. I realize that it's not always the case. It's not always going to happen. Yeah. Some people's personalities just aren't aren't going to get along. They get along fine, but, you know, they're not going to be best friends. And that's okay. That's yeah. okay to for that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> It's a hard lesson to learn, though. Yeah, I, I would, I would also say that I think that this also differs to your other partner disrespecting your other partners. Yeah, uh, this is not, this is not the same as saying, oh, you know, your partner has been rude or disrespectful to your other partners, or, or even talking badly about your other relationship. Yeah, and that that shouldn't be something that you discuss. I think what I'm talking about here mostly is, yeah, forcing that friendship when ultimately friendships happen organically. You can't force that. And so you can introduce people. Yeah. um, But I think that's why over time, at first I would have described myself as somebody who wanted to do kitchen table polyamory all the time. Mm -hmm. But over time, I feel like I've, I've developed more into the feeling of like, Maybe garden party polyamory suits me more where these people can all kind of mingle with each other in a situation where I have my birthday party, let's say, yeah. and then everybody wants to come and, and be together. But we don't have to force 
people being in each other's lives in a way that doesn't feel organic. And and so I, I think that's been a huge lesson for me. That again, I think was was a rule that I kind of had at the beginning because I didn't understand yet what I was doing yeah. in terms of uh, being polyamorous and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that mistake too. Yep. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's true. It's like, you can't force things to happen. And I feel like sometimes for us, like it would just happen. Like we would have dinner together. Like, Hey, are you guys ordering something? Let me get something too. Right. And then maybe if we're all eating food, we might want to eat together. But I also didn't want to intrude on your dates. Be like, Oh, can I just join the date <laughs> and have dinner with you guys? Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So what do you feel like you learned from that mistake? I think that I learned that you can't force a relationship between your partners and that the most you can do is create opportunities for people to meet each other and spend time together. I think especially when you're the hinge between, you know, different partners, that's your responsibility, you know, especially if you're in like a group kind of setting. I think it's your responsibility to manage everyone or like manage the conversation, I guess. But yeah, I think you can't force a relationship between your partners and that. That's a big lesson. All right. Let's move on to our next uh, (laughs) mistake. This one's yours. Next one that I have made the mistake of dating someone who said they were Uh non-monogamous, but they were actually monogamous. (laughs) And then we've all been there (laughs) trying to like convert them to be. Oh, yes. But it just is not going to work. Yeah. I mean, I've I, I remember seeing this TikTok video of like them saying like we're polyamorous. Yeah. But it's like, but we're not trying to date your monogamous partner or take them away from you. I promise. We actually want to date polyamorous people. Yeah. We don't want to date monogamous people. Yeah. And I feel like it's so true because like that happened to me. I dated someone that was they said that they were non monogamous. And so I was like, Okay, yeah. But then I felt like they were just dating people until they found somebody that they wanted to be monogamous with and Mm. like have children with them and live with them and move in with them and have the whole thing, but in a monogamous relationship. And so I felt like, okay, that's not really polyamory. You're just searching for somebody and saying, yeah, that you're polyamorous when you're really just trying to find that one person that you want to do life with. Right. (laughs) It's like, that's not the same thing. It's like that meme of Ryan Gosling, right? Where where uh, it says something like, "Oh, you're polyamorous. I'm looking for something casual too." <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "No, <laughs> no." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. it kind of goes along with like I dated someone that that it's like they they weren't dating anybody else, okay. so it felt like they were monogamous. They weren't dating anyone else and they didn't want to date anybody else. Yeah. They were only dating me. And then it kind of felt like, are we in a monogamous relationship? Right. And and trying to be like, I would c- encourage them, you know, you can date other people. No. You don't, ha- you know, you don't just have to date me, but they didn't. And so then I was like, oh, am I trying to convert them to polyamory? And I feel like, <laughs> am I trying to be like, you know, you can date other people and they're yeah. totally okay with that, but they just didn't want to or they just didn't while they were seeing me. Yeah. And then when I was like, hey, I'm starting to have feelings for you, then they're like, oh no, I don't want to date you anymore. <laughs> and so I feel like the whole thing of like trying to date someone and, and that is monogamous or it says that they are polyamorous, they actually aren't. I just have made that mistake. Yeah. 
I think all of us have made this mistake probably <laughs> at one point or another. I feel like I see a lot on the subreddits and on the Facebook groups, polyamorous people being like, starting to date this monogamous person and things are not going well. (laughs) (laughs) And like, yeah, I think it it happens to all of us. I've certainly done it. I've tried to convert some people to polyamory as well. Very bad thing. I, I... I blame it on the fact that all I know how to do is convert people to a cult, you know, <laughs> from your upbringing, <laughs> like... from my upbringing, you know, as a cult member. And so I feel like all I know how to do is like evangelize and sell I know. things. <laughs> and so I, I, I do feel like I got into that kind of mentality of like, oh, you maybe you just don't see how poly, how great polyamory is yet. Yeah. yeah. And. No. Over time, I think I, I've learned that I do not want to be in the position of convincing someone to do something or educating them on doing that. You yeah, know? yeah. And also, I think also, like having the responsibility of someone deciding, okay, I'm going to do this, and then it not going well, you mm-hmm. know, and then blaming that on you. Yeah. So what do you feel like you learned from this mistake? I feel like I learned that, you know, you have to trust people at their word when they say that they are monogamous, I guess you... But if you start to realize that they aren't really polyamorous and that they are, then, you know, it's only going to go so far. You can only do so much with that. But I feel like I learned do not try to convince people to be polyamorous if they are not. You just have to let them be them. And if it's not working, then you might end up having to end the relationship. That's just kind of how it is. Yeah, this this mistake kind of goes perfectly, honestly, into my next one, because because I think that my overarching mistake throughout dating and figuring this out has been that I try to convince people of my value of Mm. being with me. Yeah. Right. And and I, I would say that that has happened to me in this situation, like you said, with trying to convince someone who's monogamous like it's it's worth it to be with me Mm -hmm. you know yeah and like and so anyway my my next mistake is uh complaining about emotionally unavailable people while being an emotionally uh emotionally unavailable and i think that this the reason why i think that it goes so well with the last mistake is because again as I started to date people and I realized, oh, I don't think they are actually interested in wanting like a deep relationship, something with feelings, you know, uh-huh. my kind of gut instinct was, well, maybe if they see how great I am, they'll change their mind. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like maybe they'll see how low maintenance and easy I am. And and they'll think that that's worth it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And ultimately, I think what that comes down to is I was constantly trying to convince people to be in a relationship with me, whether it was because they, again, were emotionally unavailable or because they were monogamous, whatever. Uh-huh. I think that that was a huge lesson that I learned. And then in in embedded embedded in that lesson was also that I was complaining about all these emotionally unavailable people not realizing that I was emotionally unavailable. 
Mm. And that's why I continued to chase after these people that were telling me that they weren't available, but I was trying to convince them. Yeah. Right. So again, that shows me that I was emotionally unavailable. Mm. And what I learned out of that, I mean, we can do other episodes about this, but like, I just, I learned how deep the trauma that I had as a kid Mm -hmm. and through being a teenager is still affecting my relationships to this day. Yeah. Is still affecting how I show up in my relationships. Is still affecting how, you know, like we were talking about the other day on the couch, like how in really difficult conflict, my gut instinct is to say, I'm out of here. Like, I'm out. I need to get out of here. I need to leave. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Because that's what I learned as a kid. Yeah. And so... I mean, I don't even know how to wrap up my <laughs> my mistake. Yeah. But I feel like the mistake is not understanding your own trauma and how that continues to play a part in your life and in your relationships. Pain. Because, like I said, I think in this situation, I ended up being very dissatisfied with a lot of the people that I was dating because they were emotionally unavailable. But what I was ignoring was that that pursuit was showing me something about myself that I needed to learn. Yeah, I guess I have felt like there was times where I felt like, yeah, I wasn't emotionally available for the person and they weren't emotionally available for me. Yeah. So again, the same situation, like I felt like we're just like crossing paths when I was dating those people like, okay, this is just not a good time for either of us or maybe for me. It was a good time, but it wasn't a good time for them. And it was just like, okay, we shouldn't be dating right now then because something's not clicking. Something's not working right. I think it has to do with, yeah, like a lot of people, including myself, have trauma in their life that they haven't dealt with. And they don't know how to react to that or how that comes out in their relationships. Yeah. So it's just something that everyone, I feel like, will always be working on, (laughs) including myself. Yeah. And I feel like if there's any last thing that I want to say to this point is just like work on your shit, go to therapy. I feel like I ruined one of the best relationships of my life for not acknowledging the trauma and how it was continuing to affect me. So Mm -hmm. that's what I will say about that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Glamorous and Polyamorous. If you have made a mistake in your polyamorous journey and uh, you're feeling particularly vulnerable, leave us a comment below or send us an email at hello at glam polyam. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Where can people find us on the internet, Kel? You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or threads and youtube all at glam polyam and the last thing that we want to encourage you to do is leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts it really helps us uh i mean it gives us encouragement for one (laughs) but number two it also helps other people find the show and if you send us a dm or an email with your review we'll send you a sticker the slut for kind people sticker which is now being used as a bumper sticker. Ooh. <laughs> so it's being shown to the San Diego area now. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm very happy about I'm it. happy about that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
Thank you so much for listening. If you know someone that might love our show, please share it with them as that's the best way for new people to find the podcast and it would mean so much to us. Thank you. 